WVSG, Columbus, Ohio. My name is Brooke Birchfield, a graduating senior at Bishop Hartley High School and a school captain. St. Gabriel Radio, AM 820, your local Catholic radio station. Good morning and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is the Sacred Heart Hour here, live coming to you from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio Studios. This is Father Stosh Daly, joining you, uh, Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. And as we have the normal routine of joining you on the first Friday of the month in honor of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, this particular show is uh, special because the month of June is the month of the Sacred Heart. So on this first Friday, on this hour of the Sacred Heart, we will delve into the beauty and the glory and the mystery of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in this month of June, which is dedicated to the very heart of our Lord that we seek to honor and venerate on this first Friday show. We invite you to join us as we enter into the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your most sacred heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Chuck and Joanne, we're in June. I know, and this, I'll tell you, for this program, it's good to get your calendars out because there's so many exciting things. Exactly. We're going to fill that calendar. Or, you know, really, people get their phones out. I get my calendar out. And, and <laughs> also, the days. also, Father, it's a great time of the year because it's so light early in the morning That's and true. last night oh, driving he loves home that early in the morning from that event last night it was still light after nine o'clock yeah that was good. so i love this time but i know june is dedicated to the sacred heart father and for our new listeners for those that are listening for the first time oh that's just not possible <laughs> you think there might be a couple I think we got a couple. Maybe maybe share a little bit about why the Sacred Heart today, why the devotion, where it came from, and the importance of it. Well, we made it up. (laughs) (laughs) We were desperate to have something to do on the first part of the month in this early hour. Not at all. Forgive him, Lord. (laughs) The devotion of the Sacred Heart of Jesus is really attention given to the Lord, attention given to God himself in how he came to us in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. And of course, you know, it's kind of always good. It's kind of like an examination of conscience, right? Um, Why, where, how, when, with whom, for whom am I doing this? So here we are on the first Friday of the month, the month of June, a month dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And then we are on this program, uh, a live show here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And this whole hour, of course, is oriented towards the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So it's a good question, you know, why? What is the Sacred Heart of Jesus? Well, the Sacred Heart of Jesus is nothing else, nothing other than God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, as he comes to us in the flesh. And that's important because, you know, right now we live in a time where there are two words that oftentimes are pitted against one another, uh, religiosity and spirituality. 
you know, we are in the flesh. We have bodies. We have a human nature. Uh, we live life. We get up in the morning. We enjoy the morning, or maybe we don't. You know? <laughs> we're night owls, early birds. You know, we're in the flesh. We have bodies. And in a time such as our own, where those two words are pitted against one another, being spiritual or religious, we can understand that God himself wants us to understand there is beauty and there's freedom from being religious, in being religious, because it engages the whole of who you are. Wow, this is important, Father, and to God clarify. And God comes to us, not just purely as a spirit, mm -hmm. he comes to us in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus Christ comes to us in the flesh, he has a he's a full person, a divine person with a human nature. He has eyes, he has ears, he has a heart, he has hands, feet, he walks, he talks. You know, he not only reminds us of how much God loves us, but he also reminds us there's a beauty, there's a dignity to our own human nature. There's a dignity, there's something powerful about being in the flesh, being fully alive. And so we're not merely or purely to be ever reduced to a spiritual reality. You and I have bodies. We have flesh. We have a human nature as well. And when Jesus Christ comes to us in physical form as a man, he elevates our understanding of what it means to be alive in the flesh. There's nothing evil about the flesh. We may be susceptible or weakened because we've got bodies. We're not as strong or as powerful as the angels. And sometimes it's because of our flesh or through the flesh that we succumb to temptation or are tempted. But the flesh in and of itself is not bad. Being human is not bad. And the Lord coming to us in the flesh, he elevates our understanding of what it means to be fully alive. And so when we encounter the sacred heart of Jesus, we're not just purely or merely considering the heart within the chest cavity. We're using the heart with regard to scriptural references. It's the totality of the person, the totality of the divine person of Jesus who comes to us with a human nature. He comes to us to set us free. And down throughout the ages, beginning in sacred scripture, he reveals over and over and over again the power of his heart, the power of his presence, the presence which comes to us through his personhood, being a divine person with a human nature, and a divine nature, of course, but that human nature, it's meant to set us free from thinking that we're waste, or wasted, or thrown out, or lost, or cast off, or orphaned. No, we're very much loved. But when we come to doubt love, when we come to doubt the truth that we are wanted, treasured, you know, if we're just thinking about a thought or a spirit, the temptation can grow and sometimes conquer us. But when we're facing doubt or temptation and there's an actual person with a presence in front of us seeking to embrace us and not just embrace us, but to be received by us and not just received by us, but actually be you know, consumed and digested so that we are brought into his presence and his person. You know, the doubt is really, it's really hard for that doubt to conquer us because we have someone to cling to, Jesus. We have his heart to gaze upon and behold. And through Holy Communion, the most blessed sacrament, we have a heart to receive. And so the Lord down throughout the ages, he has appeared time and time again. He has spoken the words of everlasting life and truth and love to remind us his presence and his person is before us. And a summary of his presence in person is just by saying the sacred heart of Jesus. Is this why he requested an image of his sacred heart? Yeah, because he knows we can see, we can touch, we can uh -huh. hear, we can taste, we can smell. He knows we have senses and he wants to engage mm -hmm. all of who we are. But he also understands that when we make a statement in words, that's powerful. But when we make a statement that has a physical change in reality, that leaves 
an everlasting imprint, like well, hanging Father, an image. Tell us what he requested sure. from Saint Margaret Mary. Well, first of all, he requested love. Mm. May we never forget that he's requested us to love him because he knows in loving us, that's nice. But in us loving him, that's power. You know, we're orienting our whole lives. So when he appeared to St. Margaret Mary in the 1670s, 1673, of course, you know, for a couple of years, when he appeared to St. Margaret Mary, he's doing nothing else other than just requesting humanity to move out of itself and love the Lord, the living God, who sustains them with his love. And then in that exchange of love, we might call it a love affair, the love affair between two hearts, the heart of God for man and the heart of man for God. You know, there are certain things that we can do. And one of the most profound statements we can make or actions we can undertake is by receiving the image he gives to us of himself with his heart exposed and receiving that image and then treasuring that image by placing it in the center of where we live, our homes, or maybe even carrying it upon our person having it in the church where we can see it with our eyes, embrace it, you know, touch it with our hands even. But in our home, to have that physical image of his most sacred heart among us at the center of who we are, so that we always have that visual reminder. You know, we love to say, we love to quote Mother Angelica, the holy reminder. And yeah. that is indeed what it is. It's a reminder mm -hmm. to what? Be holy. But that heart has a powerful statement in time and space where the heart of Jesus is adored, where it's venerated, where it's treasured, there's a strength that's given, a fortitude that's given to fight the good fight, you know, to maintain, persevere, and protect our hope, our faith, and our charity, those three theological virtues, which are so incredibly important to us. And, uh, you know, and then he not only tells us, you know, take this image you see of me and treasure it and have it in your home, but then he also gives us a few practices which are meant to sanctify time. He lets us know on the first Friday of every month, you know, rather than just considering and being moved by how much I love you on the first Friday, focus on how much you love me and love me in the name of, in the presence of those who do not love me, bring them to me and love me in reparation for the wounds I've received from those who I love, but they do not love in return. First Friday. Then over the course of time, he even gives us, um, this feast of the sacred heart, the solemnity, the most sacred heart, which this month falls on a Friday. And it's always the Friday after Corpus Christi, uh, the Solemnity of Corpus Christi, because there's a powerful connection between the Blessed Sacrament, the Holy Eucharist, the heart of Jesus, and the sacrament we desire to receive at the Mass, and then having that heart that we get to honor and make reparation for, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And then, of course, because of that reality, having come through the Easter season and all of these incredible, you know, mountaintop moments, you know, not the least of which was most recently Pentecost. And now, of course, we're heading into Holy Trinity Sunday and then Corpus Christi. I mean, the Lord's just like, hey, let's continue this party, you know? Yeah. <laughs> let's bring it around, bring yeah. it back home. And we bring all of these incredible feast days and solemnities and mountaintop moments. We hit it again with the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Why? So that we may know we are loved and that we may know we are able to love in return. Wow, that's awesome, Father. Can I go we... home now? <laughs> no, and, and no, what? we're just getting started. But we really do need to reconnect with that. It's so true. That it's not yeah. just hanging a picture on the no. wall, one yeah. and done. Absolutely. We're really entering into um, a heart transplant. Yeah. Tenderize my heart. Yep. And you know, one of the things that you, the three of us have heard 
a billion times. And it's really, it's wildly popular right now within Christianity, fostering, cultivating, having, maintaining a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's everywhere, you know? Well, what better way to have that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ than to facilitate an openness, an interchange, a dialogue with the heart of Jesus, the living heart of God in the flesh. And, you know, I've heard Emily share, it's a visual that has really stuck with me. And it's that, you know, we, very few people have a hard heart, a really hard heart. But she says, um, well, we might have a few pebbles in there. (laughs) <laughs> little hard pebbles that we need to remove and right, you yeah. know and when i first heard that i thought well, a hard heart i mean yeah. yeah i have those pebbles right. yes and yeah. name those pebbles yeah you well, know ask the lord to help you tenderize them well father them. as you mentioned june is the month of the sacred mm-hmm. heart uh, this is the Sacred Heart Hour program on 8.20 a.m. St. Gabriel Radio. And this program is to help all of us every month, but particularly the month of the Sacred Heart, to go deeper in to the heart of Jesus, that love that he wants our hearts to be like his heart. And there are events coming up during the month, uh, and a lot of these are every month. This is when you write them down. <laughs> And this is where, basically, you start with that Thursday night, Father, the night before First Friday. Right. How yeah. our Lord mm-hmm. wanted yeah. all the disciples to be awake, yeah. to spend time with Him. Yep. And He wants us now, today, on that Thursday night before First Friday, to console Him. Yeah. And we Absolutely. have a program called uh, the Sacred Heart Monthly Gathering at St. Paul's. You can go for an hour for adoration. You can go to Mass and then a uh, testimony or speaker afterwards. And I thought, Father, you mentioned something last night at your talk, and it was a wonderful talk you gave us. And it was long. What a, what a, oh, no, no, we wanted more. We, we could we have been there more. longer. And what a wonderful turnout last night. That's beautiful. But, but I thought when you said it's difficult for people to wrap their head around this, that they need Jesus in their home, this this yeah. image. And I thought right. of, Father, you mentioned last night, 350 years ago. Yeah. Well, Father, has there been an addendum that's changed that? No. <laughs> no. No. No addendum has come out? No. I mean, he's he's let reality unfold where we just get one reminder after another after another how much we need him. How much we need him. That might at best be an end note. Yeah. Not and an so if it's difficult, Father, for people to make that decision, yeah. how would, would you answer that? Uh, well, <laughs> don't, that you love how, don't you love how no. it just says, no. Father? This is the month father. of the sacred heart, and Father. Answer that. Explain that. <laughs> well, what I shared, here we go again, is the more difficult it is to either bring the heart of Jesus into our home or the more difficult it is to allow someone else to bring the heart of Jesus into our home, the more it's needed. The more difficult it is, the more it's needed. And of course, I used, you know, the reference point, uh, the example, like when I work with the seminarians or when I work with the uh, spiritual directees that I have who are discerning uh, priests of a religious life, you know, it's like, let's, let's revisit the idea of confession. 
And of course, right now, I just heard a few moaner, uh, listeners go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> confession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went there. You know? But when we think about confession, uh, the, the more difficult it is to go and make a confession, the more it's needed. You know, the longer we've gone without going, the more difficult it is to go back. And yet, at the same time, the more we need to. The more regular we go, you know, and of course, we're not talking about scrupulosity. We're not talking about it's been five hmm. minutes since my last confession. Otherwise, the priest will start sinning against you. You know, <laughs> no, it's like having a healthy routine, a healthy yeah. schedule of keeping the soul in check. If you just think of like that reality of confession, which each one of us wrestle with, you know, it's just a part of our humanity. It's like, OK, it's been a couple of weeks. Ugh. Well, but the more difficult it is to go to confession, the more it's needed. Right. Uh, and the same can be applied to bringing the image of Jesus into our home. Really, truth be told, it's bringing the person of Jesus into our home. The more difficult it is to allow the Lord to enter into our home to be the king, brother, and friend. We're not just talking about the five-minute guest who's dropping off the wedding cake pieces left over from the party last night. No, we're talking about the guy who's actually going to be welcomed in to live there, to reside there, to be in charge there, Jesus Christ himself. The more difficult it is to bring the person of the Lord into our home, the more it's needed. Father, by sharing that, that gives me hope. Yeah. Hope with especially people I love yeah. that and or I know sure. that are resistant. Yeah. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, we've heard it all, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. Um, yeah. and so people who are inviting, you know, those to enthrone and welcome Jesus that might get the, um, the reasons that, you know, I have to paint my kitchen yeah. or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, don't stop. It's true. You know, keep praying, keep inviting because it is difficult and because it is more than just hanging a picture and that's when the graces will flow. But on the other hand, we have to remember there's, there's a pushback there from the evil one. So true. And I think it's also important. We have the litany of the sacred heart, but we don't do the litany of excuses. (laughs) You know, all times when you and I or our Father, friends, you just invented something of the well, litany of excuses. You and I listen yeah. to Jesus and he's like, spread this devotion, <laughs> offer this devotion, yeah. you know, invite others to do it. And then you, I mean, come on, we do that. And then we enter into the litany of excuses. It's like <laughs> yeah. that, my kitchen, the roof just blew off. The basement <laughs> fell in. And all, I mean, oh, Lord save us. Yeah, literally Lord save us. Oh. And they just say, no, hun. In this conversation, we pray the litany of the sacred heart, not the litany of excuses. Oh, you know? I think you just invented something, Father. You know, Father, and as we move in the first Friday, he wants us to receive communion. Now, this is from Jesus. It's yeah. not like all of a sudden Father Daly said, oh, we got another article here on why you need to receive. Right. Yeah. Jesus said, receive, yeah. G- receive me. Yeah. And the, the time for reparation for those times we have sinned yeah. and to receive them, you've talked about it worthily. Yeah. Confession. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the Lord wants us to receive the Lord. You know, like you and I have Catholic lingo, right? Jesus said, go to Mass on the first Friday and receive Holy Communion. Well, we've got people listening who are like, what's communion? Well, mm. Jesus is saying, go to Holy Mass, pray the Mass, and receive me. 
receive Jesus Christ in Holy Communion, the Blessed Sacrament, the Holy Eucharist. And I think, you know, it's really, it's a challenge for, you know, us, right? You know, we've lived this journey as Catholic Christians. We're still trying to unpack all the treasures and appreciate them with the fullness of gratitude. <laughs> and yet we forget there's an ever-increasing segment of the population, they don't use our language. You know, how many people mm-hmm. listening to us right now just heard us talk about receiving communion on the first Friday of the month? And they're like, why is the Friday the first? And huh. what's communion? You know, we've lost a lot of ground, even in how we speak. When Jesus said, you know, go to Holy Mass, go to the sacrifice of the Mass on the first Friday of the month and receive Holy Communion. Receive Him. Receive Jesus and Holy Communion, the Blessed Sacrament, the Holy Eucharist. He's truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. But what was what must we do before we can receive him? We have to be in a state of grace. You know, even our brother, St. Paul, he reminds the early churches, you cannot approach the chalice, the cup of everlasting life in sin. Otherwise, you're eating and drinking your own condemnation. We have to be in a state of grace. We have to be detached from sin, forgiven from sin, and then receive Holy Communion. So, Chuck, you're exactly right. When we listen to the words of Jesus, and he's inviting us, encouraging us, pleading with us, pray the Mass in reparation for sins against the Lord on the first Friday of the month and receive Holy Communion worthily in a state of grace, make a good confession. And it's so it's so easy to then go to the first Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Now, that is confession within seven days before and right, after. exactly. And yeah. so it really makes sense yeah. to just make it a monthly habit. Exactly, yeah. And I think also, Father, to go deeper this month, we have a Sacred Heart webcast coming up on June the 6th. And this is going to help everybody get a better way of going deeper into the heart of Jesus. Oh, it's going to be great. Whatever you hear today, Mm. uh, we all need to enter in deeper into that heart. And it's going to be on June the 6th, Tuesday at 8 a.m. We're asking you to go on to welcomehisheart.com and register, and you will get a free download that you can plug in at 8 o'clock on Tuesday, June 6th. And we have some wonderful speakers. Uh, But why to do this? Well, first of all, to encourage how Catholics in almost all 50 states worldwide are turning this devotion. You're going to hear about hope. It's going to inspire you, pastors, and your pastors, and all of those. uh, As this is a spiritual tool that can be used for the faith and provide hope. It's going to empower as we seek to equip and assist Catholic families to welcome Jesus into their home. It's going to how the enthronement is a powerful solution to faith crisis in the church and so forth. So go to welcomeisheart.com, register, and uh, we're going to be uh, opening prayer will be by our Bishop Earl Fernandez and a closing prayer by our spiritual director, Father Joseph Laramie. Um, it, he's a Eucharistic preacher and a director of the Apostolica Prayer. Uh, the speakers, and we just heard the wonderful witness, and you're going to want to hear it from Father James Kabiki. Oh, it's, it was amazing. It, it is amazing. Father Nathan Cromley, um, and those that know uh, Rachel Muhaw, what a wonderful testimony she has. Tim Bowie, a board member of the Sacred Arms Network, and then co-hosting that or hosting that be Emily Jaminette, our national director. 
and uh, who just finished her latest book, Holy Habits from the Sacred Heart, 10 Ways to Build a Stronger and More Loving Relationships. And she's in New Mexico. She's yeah. in New Mexico. <laughs> this propagating very, the devotion. At this remember, very the moment. Spread the devotion. And Emily's on the other side of the country. Yes. In New Mexico, speaking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, you know, spreading that devotion. Um, so please pray for her safe travels and also pray that she's got the consolation of the Holy Spirit as she's setting out upon some very important work on the other side of the country. <laughs> well, and, I've never and, been there. <laughs> and Father, this is the beauty that has now triggered. Uh, from the webcast and uh, all these years where you're yes, and we met 2011 and then forming a national movement 2015, not even sure how do we go national. And uh, now all of a sudden the, the Lord has opened up some doors, but he's opened up a big door this year and I'm really excited, Father. And that big door is sacredheartrevival.com. This is unbelievable. And what is that? Well, in honor of the 350th anniversary of the first apparition from Jesus to St. Margaret Mary, we are, <clears throat> we are kicking off a wonderful Sacred Heart Revival campaign. We have emailed every parish in the United States with bulletin inf information on the enthronement of the, Sacred Heart, of the Sacred Heart of Jesus during the month of June. All the materials and resources that they will need are on sacredheartrevival.com. Go to this website. Everybody listening, go to this website. See the website. See the map of all the locations throughout the United States that are plugging into revival. Their parish revival. It will give you hope. Their parish revival, <clears throat> their school's revival to the Sacred Heart. Yeah. More importantly, the home's revival. And also, this is the request that our Lord gave to St. Margaret Mary that Father talked about earlier. I will bless the homes in which the image of my Sacred Heart shall be exposed and honored. And this campaign is now Indonesia. It's in many other countries. Philippines. And it's with... Uh, just the Holy Spirit, because our Lord said to St. Margaret Mary, spread this worldwide. And Father, she was a cloister nun. <laughs> now, how do you do that 350 years ago without anything? So you know the Lord is working. This is why Sacred Heart Enthronement Network exists. It's a vessel to continue to spread the devotion and I know, Father, we refer to this as the devotion. Yeah, the devotion of all devotions. You know, when you, you were highlighting Margaret, St. Margaret Mary was a cloistered nun, how often, once again, kind of highlighting that litany of excuses, how often do you and I succumb to the thought, the temptation? It's like, well, I, I just can't do that. Yeah. You know, like, I'm married. I'm at home. Yeah. I'm retired. I'm, got I'm a nobody. Job, I got children. You know, I'm just swamped, crazy busy. And then you have St. Margaret Mary in the corner is like, I'm a cloistered nun. <laughs> you know? I live in the yeah. walls. You know? yeah. and yet the Lord asked me to do something for him out of love that would just envelop the whole world. So the Lord already knows who we are. The Lord knows where we are. The Lord knows how we are living. And yet he still asks us to offer something to the whole world out of love. You know. Now, Father, the final one this 
month is going to be the feast day on the 16th. <laughs> Can you believe this month? Well, I, it's I was, a beautiful I, I, month. I mean, you, you're in the fast lane now, Early Father. this morning, I looked at my calendar and I was like, this is amazing. Look at all this free time. And then I come here and Chuck and Joanne took all of my free time. <laughs> in a good way. No, they're helping me offer it up to the Lord with joy. Why the feast day? Why the 16th? You mentioned it. Absolutely. But it's so important yeah. that we honor, because he requested us to honor that feast day. Absolutely. And of course, keep in mind, right now we're in the middle of this um, Eucharistic revival, this Eucharistic renewal in our country. And so the bishops of our church are really asking all of us to turn to the Lord, open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, and follow his promptings and guiding so that we can have a renewed a new kindling of fire within us for Jesus in the Eucharist. And that's important because Jesus Christ himself said, I want the solemnity of the sacred heart of Jesus for the whole church to be offered on the Friday after Corpus Christi octave. So as we're coming upon the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, Corpus Christi, you know, the Lord asks us to, after we celebrate the gift of the Eucharist, after we celebrate the gift of Jesus in the Eucharist, to then have that special moment where we turn to his sacred heart that we receive in the Eucharist and make an act of reparation. You know, and to not just bask in the glory of that which we receive, but then also return to the Lord with love and in love on behalf of those who do not acknowledge the love he has for them. So we make that act of reparation, right? And of course, reparation is so incredibly important and essential to the, having this healthy love affair with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just loving him from ourselves and from within ourselves, but loving him um, in reparation for those who do not love him. We've covered a lot of territory. No, for a yes, and more to <laughs> come. Hour. And this is only the first part. Uh, yeah. We've got part two coming. I'm with oh, it. and we're going to talk about the procession part two, Father. So, as we bring to a close this first segment of the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we invite you to join us as we enter into the Sacred Heart Prayer. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs. Your blessings on all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 One of the dumbest decisions in all of history is found in the Bible. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. The firstborn, Esau, is the one who had the majority of his father's inheritance coming to him, as well as the honor and title of being the firstborn, which was a very big deal in Old Testament days. In Genesis 25, when Esau got back from a hunting trip, he was so hungry that he traded his inheritance to his younger brother Jacob for a bowl of lentil soup. Crazy, huh? Can you imagine trading so much for something so small? Well, think of all the vices in your own life and all that you've traded in for your sin. Think of all the times you've chosen comfort instead of heroism, passing pleasure instead of eternal joy, and sin instead of sainthood. When you consider your sins in light of the big picture, wow, we must look pretty crazy to the angels and saints sometimes. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Most of us can recall a childhood memory of innocence and a peace that only comes from God. 
Yet with our busy schedules today, many families don't attend church weekly or spend much time teaching their children about God. So many families now are burdened by financial and family challenges, substance abuse, and other worries. But there is hope. Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their Christian faith are less stressed, financially stable, more compassionate, optimistic, healthier, and happier. Experience a positive difference in your life and for your family by coming home to your parish. Learn more by visiting catholicscomehome.org today. Here you may find answers to your questions and discover how Jesus and the sacraments will bless your family. There's no pressure or risk. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. If you're hearing this live show, that means it's the first Friday of the month. And yes, as we're in the is. month of June, it's the first Friday of the month of the Sacred Heart, which means it's the day of the month dedicated mm-hmm. to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the first Friday, in the month of June, which is a month dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And in this uh, show today, uh, Chuck and Joanne and I have been discussing the power of the heart of Jesus, the significance of the heart of Jesus, the importance of the heart of Jesus in our lives, and just kind of covering a couple of different events uh, throughout the month that we can tap into, tune into, and maybe even attend, which will help us develop that love for the person of Jesus who comes to us and leaves himself among us in the Holy Eucharist and then gives us an image of himself to have in our homes, an image of the sacred heart of Jesus. So we've been discussing a couple of like very practical, real steps. But as we enter into the second half of the sacred heart hour, we invite you to just kind of consecrate, set aside, dedicate the next few minutes uh, for the remainder of this hour to the heart of Jesus. So we invite you to join us in prayer. Dear sacred heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our families and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. We thank you, dear Lord Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. And we ask you to protect us and all families and help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 And one way, Father, as our Lord said, expose and honor. And that honor is like a continuing, I was thinking continuing education. You know, it's like, okay, I got this degree, but does it end there? No, I got to continue to go deeper and be more uh, adverse to whatever my occupation is. Well, we have this night coming up, Father, on June the 6th. It's the Sacred Heart webcast. And you can go to welcomeisheart.com and register. It's going to be at 8 p.m. on June the 6th, Eastern Time. Uh, it's free. But the one thing about it is, what I really like about it is, these are real stories. These are testimonies mm-hmm. of people that have been touched by the heart of Christ and how they and how you can go deeper 
into the heart of Christ and why the heart of Christ. And I think sometimes we have family members, we have friends that don't really say, well, I don't get this. Well, have them tune in. Send them welcomeisheart.com mm-hmm. and tell them to register and just listen and just let the Holy Spirit work. Because as you mentioned, Father, so often, a lot of times there's a veil and we call it the enemy doesn't want to really divulge the power of our Lord. So he puts the veil there and says, yeah. you don't need this. Yeah. You don't need this. Yeah, get ready for distractions. Yeah. 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 You and know, so stay this, focused. This is a great tool. And I know Father Blau mm-hmm. from St. Patrick's. Uh, remember, he came to our men's group many years ago and he brought his bag. He called it his tool bag. And he had more <laughs> tools in there how to evangelize. But this is a great way to put in your toolbox yeah, and, and be educated. Plus, our bishop gives a wonderful opening, and we have a great closing with our spiritual director. We have great authors, speakers uh, there, and Emily Jaminette, our national board director, uh, will be hosting it. Uh, And as Father mentioned, she's right now in New Mexico speaking to three different groups uh, and really focusing in on her newest book, The Holy Habits from the Sacred Heart, Ten Ways to Build a Stronger Relationship. But we also, Father, then on the 16th, have the Feast of the Sacred Heart, and we have a procession. And why process from St. Well, it's a short one. <laughs> Sacred Heart to John the Baptist. So right. it's good for Joanne and I. We exactly. Can make, we can make that trip. <laughs> exactly. But a procession. Why should people think about going to Mass and then entering in a procession? What witness yeah. does that give? Well, I mean, it, it's... Pretty Public. much self-explanatory. You're out there walking yeah. together. But, you know, the beautiful thing is it's going to be a Eucharistic procession. Mm. So the Lord Jesus Christ, his most sacred heart in the Blessed Sacrament, will be after Mass um, enthroned in a monstrance. And then the faithful accompanying the Lord Jesus in the Eucharist will depart Sacred Heart Church and make their way through the world just along those few blocks to the Church of St. John the Baptist, which is so close, it's literally only a couple blocks away. And then there at St. John the Baptist, uh, we'll enter into the beautiful, um, beautiful ceremony that we call benediction, where the Lord Jesus Christ himself blesses us in the Eucharist. Uh, the priest you know, holds aloft the monstrance and then traces the sign of the cross in the air so that the heart of Jesus, totally present in the Blessed Sacrament, is actually blessing the faithful there. But he also is blessing the world as we mm. carry him from one church to the other. And those two churches are so perfectly placed, it's ideal for such a procession. You know, I have Holy Mass at Sacred Heart Church and then a Eucharistic procession of St. John the Baptist. But really, you know, anytime we have a, a procession as disciples of Jesus, it's a reminder that we're all on a journey in life. And just as the Eucharistic procession that'll be taking place at Sacred Heart Church and will conclude at St. John the Baptist has a beginning and an end, so too do we on our journey through life. We have a beginning and an end. We begin with the Lord, and we pray, God, that we will conclude with the Lord. So procession is, you know, first of all, it's a way of giving honor and worship to the Lord. It's also a way of giving witness. It's also a way of reminding ourselves, you know, just as I take these steps along these three city blocks in this Eucharistic procession, 
Every day is a step in the journey of life. But where am I going? This procession is reminding me I'm leaving one church and going to another. But it reminds us in life every day, where have I begun and where will I conclude? And we pray that should we cooperate with God's grace and we really, really live in the moment pursuing the heart of Jesus, and he's always with us and we're pursuing him, following him, accompanying him, we will begin with him and we will end with him in this life. And it's not just about us. It's also like, look at his perseverance. Look at how much he loves us to where he, he walks with us from the beginning to the conclusion. You know, you know, that I, is I, beautiful, I th- Father. I think who wouldn't uh, want to come uh, to that press session and uh, to reclaim this month for the Sacred Heart? Amen. That it is the month of the Sacred Heart. Yeah. But to really publicly, yeah, you know, say, yeah, yeah, this is the month of, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is about His heart. Yeah. That's what this month is and also, about. I mean, for those who are wondering, I mean, I, I participated in the procession last year. I mean. It's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful exercise, you know, in the faith. And you don't have to worry about like crossing crazy thoroughfares yeah. or whatnot. No, I mean, it's just literally. And it's a safe, to, pretty yeah, safe it's a neighborhood. beautiful neighborhood, yeah. very safe from Sacred Heart Church down to St. John the Baptist in Italian village. It's very beautiful, you know, but it, it's a, once again, it's that physical reminder, a spiritual mm-hmm. recharge, a reset, you know, where am I beginning? Where am I concluding? From where have I come? Where am I going? You know, Father, I spoke with a friend who was a um, hospital chaplain for many years. And I asked him, I said, now you've been, you know, there present with so many people during the end of their life. Do you see many what we call deathbed conversions where they've lived one way and now they are passing? And I, I always remember what he said. He said, no, Joanne, really? What I witness is people die as they lived. It's an extraordinary grace for someone to change their lifestyle, to just really have that repentance of heart. Mm. Now, is that, I I was shocked. And I thought, you know, so we can't wait. No, We can't wait till, well, when I'm dying, that's when I'll, you know, finally. Well, it's like waiting to do your laundry. You know what happens? You just smell. You know, you just don't wait. That's oh, just that gross, is a you know? perfect visual. And when you don't do your laundry and you wait and you smell, then the rest of us are like, hon, you can't wait. Like, I can smell I can, you from here. I can relate <laughs> to that laundry. Don't look at me. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's, that's good, Father. I get it. Don't wait. I get it. Do the laundry. <laughs> yes. Don't wait. And, 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 frequently. And I, again, for our listeners out there that understand this sometimes, uh, maybe are struggling with it, you know, Joanne and our story was in 1990, we were asked to enthrone our home. We didn't know what it was. We didn't know what we were doing. We said, but we did say one thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We it was a little yes. yes. We didn't know what that yes would mean. Mm. But that yes, by enthroning our family, by enthroning our home, mm-hmm. I don't know where we'd be without it, Father. Mm. It is not magical. It's not like, well, if you do this, all this good stuff's going to happen. No. It's going to be the armor. It's going to be yeah. what you need to hold on to within the family. So when those trials come, 
when those issues come, you know you can go to the heart of Jesus. Mm. You know you can pour out to the heart of Jesus right in your home. And you know one thing, you can also do a renewal of the enthronement. You don't, this is not like, okay, I've done the enthronement. No, it needs to, Jesus wants to be alive in your home. Mm. So for those hesitant today, my challenge today is during the month of June, say yes. And for those that haven't thrown, say yes to do a renewal. Say yes, Lord, these are all the issues going on in my family today. I don't understand. I enthroned and I thought everything was going to work out. And Father, how do you respond to that when people say things are not working out? I've enthroned and it's worse. <laughs> Another. God is love. <laughs> Because you know, now I, you have Jesus yeah, to help you. I mean, it's, and I think it's important to remember. In you their know, mind. In their mind. Well, sure. Nothing can be worse because the Lord is present, but everything can be changing because he's mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's I think that's very important to realize is there we all operate under this incredibly heavy blanket of convenience. We all want something mm-hmm. that's convenient. We all want something that's going to work immediately. In easy. In easy. Bring that instantaneous gratification. We're all looking for, you know, what's the pill I have to take that'll cure this? What's the medicine I have to take to do this? You know, now, I mean, we're on a journey. Life is a journey. And the Lord wants to walk with us along that journey. He wants us to acknowledge we need him. So when we finally say yes to the Lord, we have to say yes to all of him. Not just, not just the resurrection. We have to say yes to also the crucifixion. We don't just say yes to the wedding feast at Cana, where there's a big party. We also say yes to the agony in the garden, where there was that solitude. So when we accept the Lord, when we welcome the Lord into our home, we're saying yes to all of him. And if someone's like, well, I, you know, I just want the glory. I don't mm. want the cross. It's like, well, then get in line at somewhere else. You know, we accept the Lord. It's not possible. It's not possible. And... If we just think that our life is going to be totally summarized by the happy moments, that's not really being alive. And don't we say he comes to reveal to heal? Yes, yes, absolutely. But I think it's important to remember that we open ourselves, all of who we are, to him. You know, all of who we are, the past, the present, and the future. You know, he wants to be king, not only of the present and of the future, but also of the past. He doesn't want to be left in the past. He also wants to be in the present and the future. He wants to be that brother and also the friend that walks with us day in and day out. And you know, the th- to think that somehow, okay, I'm walking with the Lord, so now we're only going to be going up the mountain. We're never going to roll down the mountain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, it's really, it's blind to the mystery of life where we are. And I think it's fair with sincerity and authenticity to cry out to the Lord. What is it I can do to be faithful in this moment when everything seems to be falling apart around me, when everything just seems to be getting worse? Lord, I know you are here. What is it I can do? Who is it I must be to persevere and to be faithful? Rather than, why aren't you doing something? (laughs) It's like, what is it I can do? Who is it I need to be? Chuck and I can personally uh, share that in the last few months we've been through health issues, Mm. health challenges, but going to that image of the sacred heart in our own home and saying, Jesus, you know, I need your peace. Mm -hmm. 
I you promised that grace is necessary. Amen. And so at yeah. this time, I'm claiming that promise, Jesus. You keep your promises. And I can share personally that that peace and that um, extraordinary peace that I know I would have ha- not had had there not been that relying on him, mm. welcoming him, trusting in him. I know yeah. that I have had extraordinary help. Yep. Not that the situation was changed, but yeah. that I had peace and help to get through it, as you do through life, yeah. through all of life. Well, but I think going back to, you know, um, Chuck, what you said, what you had said earlier, Joanne just gave us a very real tangible example mm-hmm. of it's expose and honor. Yeah. You know, it's not just expose and then forget. It's expose and honor. And you, when you said that earlier, it reminded me of something. At the end of the school year, we are asking the seminarians to make sure the building was clean. And one of the guys had uh-huh. a duty of cleaning the kitchen. I said, clean the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I went down just to kind of check in. And I opened up the fridge and I was like, what the? <laughs> so I went and I was like, okay, so when we clean the kitchen, that means we open and clean. Like open the door and clean, you know. It's a two-stage process. Maybe he windexed the door oh, on well, the outside. Let's hope, but I doubt. Father, so I didn't like, know you had a title of facility manager, too. Uh, yeah. yeah you're, you're, Add it on. It's in that bottom of the job description. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and God bless our dean of men, Brother Peter, who's like, clean your rooms, do this, do this. And, you know, and it, you just don't know. But I, I was reminded of the seminary, open and clean. Like, open the door, clean. Cabinet, kitchen, everything, open and clean. And, you know, and of course, uh, one of the seminarians, I saw him a couple of hours later, and he's like, Father, you know, so-and-so's in the kitchen, and he's talking to himself. And it's like, <laughs> What? And he's only saying, open and clean, open and clean, open and clean. And I said, well, okay, uh, I'm probably to blame for that, you know. But if, you know, we can think of that young man reminding himself as he's cleaning the kitchen, open and clean, open the door, clean the shelves, clean everything, shut the door. It's really, it's a two-step, never-ending process over and over again. Expose and honor, expose and honor. We get to continually expose the heart of Jesus and honor him. So if someone is in that rough patch in their life after having enthroned the sacred heart or bringing the image of Jesus into their home and they're just really struggling, remember, honor him in that moment of struggling. Mm-hmm. You are never on Calvary alone. He's already there. Mm. If you if you feel that the Lord has brought you to Calvary, guess what? You're not there by yourself. Mm. He brought you to where he is. Expose and honor. Expose mm. and honor. And I, you know, whether it's me helping a seminarian realize when we clean a room, like a kitchen <laughs> or a bedroom, is not just wipe the floor. Mm-hmm. It's like lift up the mattress, mm-hmm. <laughs> move the couch, open and clean. Is that not really our spiritual life? Expose and honor. Mm-hmm. I must expose the Lord so that he is visible. Wow. So that I can see That's him and embrace cool. him. And then honor him. Not just expose, but also honor. And Chuck, you do such a good job as an engineer taking the steps and you know, sharing how do you, how do you um, enthrone a home? I thought she was going to say you do a good step by opening, and closing, <laughs> opening, and closing. You might need to work on that one. We're, we're not going to go there. I'll give you a compliment, Chuck. You did a good job of opening and cleaning. Uh, you want to reword that question again? <laughs> But no, what what I was thinking about uh, as we're coming to a close here 
is for our listeners, you can do one one thing for Jesus this month. You can do many things, but one thing particular I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to go out and risk and share this devotion with others because you have family friends, you have others that you're going to meet that need hope and healing in the world we are in today. And there are, I'm going to give you three ways to do it. Number one, go to Sacred Heart revival.com if you got a relative in oklahoma wherever tell them to go on tell them to share that with their pastor Uh, all that information is there so that they can enter in and help become a vessel to spread this devotion or just enter into the devotion the second one go to the webcast Sacred Heart webcast or sacred or welcomeisheart.com and register. So you go deeper and share that with others. Just listen with me. Have some people over. Do it together. And the third one is on the feast day. Make that a special day where you honor Jesus in your home. And then if you can make it to Sacred Heart Church uh, for the Mass and the procession. Because what you're doing is you're consoling our Lord on that day. And he said, I will give you all the abundance of graces necessary for those that honor my feast day. And Father, that feast day comes right after Corpus Christi. And uh, so we got Corpus Christi coming, and then you know the feast day is coming. Right. That's so true. I mean, it's one of those things like when we're when we're striving to be fully alive in our faith, there's always something else to look forward to. Mm-hmm. What's next and what's next and what's yeah. next? And it's just another way of the Lord reminding us through the life of the church to be alive, right? To be fully alive, to be fully engaged and to never underestimate the connection, how they're so intimately woven in between each other, the reality of our Lord's presence in the Holy Eucharist and also the reality of the Lord wanting to dwell among us in our home through his most sacred heart and the power that comes from his presence and the um the powerful presence of jesus that also heals you know as joanne said earlier like he will reveal things in our lives so that he can then heal them he reveals so as to heal and when we receive our lord in holy communion that too is never supposed to be a one and done it's just supposed to be another experience of the ongoing um love that we have for the Lord and the love that he has for us. And Corpus Christi Sunday, of course, um, is a beautiful day where the whole church, as it, you know, as the church on earth prays the mass, we give thanks and praise for the gift of Jesus who remains among us in the blessed sacrament, the Holy Eucharist, the Lord who makes himself readily available to us to receive him. Of course, it implies an opportunity to pray with gratitude for the gift of the priesthood because Corpus Christi, uh, the celebration, the solemnity of Corpus Christi is intimately bound up with Holy Thursday, the institution of the priesthood and the Eucharist. And just as we're in that process of giving thanks and praise, worshiping the Lord for the gift of himself that remains among us in the Holy Eucharist, only a few days later, then we have that opportunity to really make reparation to the heart of Jesus that we're so used to receiving that is not necessarily loved or adored or honored by everybody. You know, and sometimes even he's attacked and there's sacrilege committed against the Lord. His name is taken in vain. You know, his presence is ignored. Or people are taught 
to intentionally disrespect him. Um, you know, what a terrible thing. But for you and I who love him and strive to serve him, it's an opportunity for us to love him even more deeply, you know? And a lot of times people will say, well, you know, what's the whole thing with reparation? If you could just remember in the Gospels, you know, the 10 lepers that Jesus healed, you know, they all leave, but only one of them comes back after realizing they've been healed to say thank you. And what does the Lord say? Where are the other nine? They just went on. They were healed, but they just kept on going. Where the one was healed, he came back and said, thank you. When you and I make an act of reparation, we are the one leper who acknowledges we are loved and we've been healed and we've come back to say thank you. And then we also say thank you for the other nine who did not come back, but were healed. They were given the gift of life. And so that idea of reparation, you know, I have come on my own, but I also come to say thank you on behalf of the others who did not come. You know, and that's that idea of reparation. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of the sacred heart. Let us make an act of reparation to him. Let us praise him, adore him, and love him, even when others won't or can't or don't even know that they should. We will because we're striving to be faithful and love. What a privilege. Absolutely. It's a a gift. And Father, you are such a gift. I just want to make sure that our our listeners understand you are alive, you are engaged. You are a spiritual advisor mm. and you are very present mm. in this ministry. And by going on uh, Welcome His Heart, you have also recorded many teachings that they can go deeper mm. in the Sacred Heart. So just um, thank you, Father. You're so not you going love anywhere. Final father, before we close, I got a little challenge Look. for you. Uh oh. For me or for yeah. the listeners? Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Yes. There are only two saints in which we celebrate their birth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Our Lady and John the Baptist. All right. All right. Was that it? Was that I don't it? know. Was yeah. That it? <laughs> But we know we celebrate John the Baptist on June the 24th. We celebrate his birth. That's true. That is so true. And that's unusual that we celebrate a saint's birth. Yeah. We only have three nativities in the life of the church. Obviously, the Lord, Our Lady, and you're right, St. John the Baptist, who we celebrate his nativity this month. And that's going to be, and finally, solemnity. That's a big one. That's a big high mass. That's huge. And also for those of us who are always losing things, our patron Saint Saint Anthony of Padua, oh. June 13th. So don't lose anything on that day. Oh, okay. really we didn't busy. have him written well, down. He's, he's, he's a big very help. important. Well, Father, thank you. Thank you for kicking off this month, the month of the Sacred Absolutely. Heart. Absolutely. Yeah, Go to good. welcomeisheart.com, register for the webcast, get involved with Sacred Heart Revival, share the good news with others. Be the vessels that the Lord wants you to be. Be another St. Margaret Mary to be a disciple of the Sacred Heart.